time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. So where's the office back at Division? In the office, baby. Going up. Get a lot of breathe today. Yeah. Let it breathe. <clears throat> Rothman and Ice, you're back in the office. I'm back in the office. You're in your own office. I'm literally back in the sports right. office. Technically speaking. This is the, by the way, this is how it works. Come in, cross swords with Laurenitis as safely as we can. Um, and then try to navigate your way into a seat at the proper height. TVs are off. Where's the remote? We have no idea. <laughs> Trying to log in, and this is what we have. Oh. Like it, honestly, it's. I, I want James to know. Uh, I love him, but clean up your room, man. Yeah. Get I'll your homework dog. done. Clean up your room before you can go out and play for the weekend. Man. All right. Set. Be a mentor. Be I don't know. be my Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Take a young guy under your wing yeah. and be a mentor. Yeah. Right. How I you like doing? it. I'm good, man. I'm good. Feeling good. You know, when I when when I hear that open, you can't help but move around a little bit, get a little adrenaline pumping. I'm glad that you let the beat drop. It's one of the great all-time instrumentals for me. So hearing that every Friday is amazing. And now hearing that, you know, the fellas have already lost the remote down there at the studio <laughs> and we're less than a week in is just phenomenal news. So good know. stuff down there, guys. Great yeah, job. Exactly. I, I don't there's a there is a remote but not the remote. <laughs> okay. So I have no idea what's going on. Not the one you need. And then half the time, you got to change the channel off the damn Food Network or something else. I mean, we are a sports station. It's QVC. We forget QVC. Oh, what am I going to buy? What are we buying? What are we yeah, buying yeah. off TV these days? I mean, know. the common man just likes to watch it during the breaks. But is he buying stuff? Is he just watching oh, it for I the models? Know. You just find which you know best model to watch. Home shopping, QVC. Mm. Let's move around. Yeah, I think it's the little, it's the daytime Cinemax. Okay, get you a little crock pot, Ar. Go get you a little get crock pot or something like crock that, man. man. I am a you crock know? pot, man. Uh, anyway, <laughs> speaking of taking people under their wing, uh, Tom Brady, or actually Kyle Trask, said that Tom Brady's taking him under his wing. <sighs> he wants me to throw with him. Mm. This is like a little kid, Dad. You want to have a catch? <laughs> Right. It's dark outside. <laughs> I don't care. I want to go. Um, we know the Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love drama will continue. The Kyle Trask, Tom Brady mentorship is underway. Former University of Florida QB drafted in the second round by T-Bay. Yeah. Says Brady's already looking to meet him, throw with him, and take him under his wing. Mm. That's nice. He actually did reach out to me a couple days after the draft, just checking in on me. When I was going to get into town so that we can get together, you know, have a few laughs. Pull. A few laughs. A few giggles. I just tried to do a diehard there. Right. You guys didn't get it. It's too oh old. My goodness. Yeah, come out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. Just checking in on when I was going to get in town. We can get together. Maybe do some throwing, things like that. Maybe get drunk. I'm kidding. Uh, he goes, that meant a lot to me. You know why he did this? Because there's a 100% guarantee that Trask will never see the field. I have no problem with helping him. Right? Fair enough. Fair there's enough. A, the gap 
is pretty big. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. And, you know, Garoppolo did the same thing for Lance, and we know the gap isn't anything. So... It is this great, is where man. We are. Like I, I love hearing stories like that because it it can go the other way. It, it can absolutely go the other way. But Tommy's feeling good. You know, he's got the avocado tequila flowing through his veins this entire off season, so he's always going to be in a good mood. Kyle Trask, Ar, born in nineteen ninety eight. Mm. Tom Brady left the <laughs> University of <laughs> Michigan good. in nineteen ninety nine. That's good math. That's good. <laughs> that is good math. Crazy, That's a good right? one. Uh, speaking of years flowing by. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story, but this is a pretty cool thing. Back, uh, once back in the 80s, mm. uh, there was a little boy. Let me tell you a st- Sit back, Maddie. Let me tell you a story. Back in 1986, there was a little boy, and he was with his mom, and they ran into the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Mm. Had a problem. You meet a legend. I got nothing for him to sign. And this isn't Ricky Bobby. She wasn't unbuttoning her shirt or anything. She wanted something signed for her little boy. So what did mom do? She took the baby shoe that her boy was wearing, a little Nike, little 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 uh, baby blue swoosh, took it off, and had him sign the toe. Okay. And Gretzky was happy to do it, and it came out pretty good and whatever. And and then, but now after thirty plus years. That that sharpie has faded, Uh-oh. for whatever reason. Maybe the kid. I think the main reason was the kid probably kept wearing them, Just rocking them. <laughs> she didn't put them aside. <laughs> hey, you'll never wear those again. Uh, I'll never wash this face again. Mm. So the, the signature faded, and the boy had they kept the shoe obviously, and I guess he reached out. They reached out to Wayne. And the amazing part about this is he re-autographed the baby shoe. Incredible. It's a pretty awesome story. So there's pictures of him all over uh, re-autographing this. He posted the story on uh, Facebook page, and the guys at Upper Deck got the story, and then they decided to help out, and they were able to ultimately get the shoe in front of him after explaining to him the story. And then he signed it. So now it's the shoe is, you know, old and, and dirty and faded, but the signature is awesome. And yeah. now they have it in its proper spot in an acrylic case. There we go. With okay. authenticity from Upper Deck. Now we're doing it right. You know now we're wrote? doing it right. What do you write? He, he wrote 1-1 one, one on and alongside his signature. It's only one of one. There's got to yeah. be no other one like this. Right. And he goes, I can't thank enough for everyone for helping to get this done. This is the fan talking. Uh, the shoe will remain in my family forever. If I thought it was priceless before, it has now become even more priceless, if that's possible. Hashtag amazing. Mm. All right, there you go. I love that. I that's love stories story. like this, man. They come in full circle, and I'm looking at the picture now, like the picture now of Wayne signing it and the old school picture of Wayne signing it where he's got that yes, mullet going. They, right, they back took the, in the picture day. when he originally signed the baby <laughs> I know, shoe. I know, it's sweet. Yeah. I like this. No, this this is cool, and I and I hope that we don't hear a story about this shoe being sold eventually or anything like that. Because this, to me, when you got a story like this that comes full circle like that, it's priceless to me. Like It it absolutely is priceless. So you got this little crusty Nike shoe going here with the Nate, what kind of like a teal uh, Nike swoosh on the side, like baby blue. I'm all in. I love that the great one took time out of his day to make this happen, man. Warms the soul on a Friday. So when this dude has kids and he eventually passes on, 
you and I are both afraid that his that one of his kids will be like, well, that's what Dad would have wanted. He would have wanted me to sell this yeah. and have a have a fruitful life. Oh my goodness! All and I want to by- do is go to college so I can live a fruitful life. And then by then, or the kids may be like Wayne Gretzky may be so old they'd be like, who? Who is Wayne Gretzky? Yeah. Why yeah. do we care? Like see, that's what see, I'm fearful. I, see, for. I don't think so, and okay, I'll tell I'll, you why. Because I think I think Wayne Gretzky is Babe Ruth. I think Wayne Gretzky is Muhammad Ali. I think Wayne Gretzky is Michael Jordan. I mm-hmm. think that he's Mount Rushmore, and I do think we will remember. I think now hockey of the Big Four a little different, yeah, than most. But I think that he's got the staying power uh, for regular sports fan. I do. I hope so. I, I hope so. The dude is an absolute monster. But like all the guys you listed, if they all walked into the bar at mm-hmm. the same time, <laughs> I think he's the least recognized among the common person. Not sports fan, but just the common person. If all those other guys They're walk all, if into... We, if, we, if we make them alive today... Yeah, well, in 2021, is that what, what you're saying? What are they? Up what to? are they some up to? Right? Them, yes, some of them. but yes, if they were all alive today, we sent them out the high street, mm-hmm. okay. send them into a bar, okay. and there's just not a ton of sports fans in there. I don't think Wayne Gretzky gets recognized more than the others. He I think probably that... gets recognized more than Babe Ruth. They probably think Babe's just been kind of sitting there at the end of the bar like Norm and Cheers, <laughs> just smashing hot dogs. <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> No, okay, it would definitely be between those two because Ali and Jordan, everyone would know who that those guys are. Ali and Jordan, right? Baber is so far, like he have to past. be in the uni. I'm with you. It'd be Wayne. Babe Ruth was not getting recognized that much. No, no, not at all. Of course, <laughs> cigar like in his mouth. Have to be in the uni. Tray of It'd hot be dogs. Like Costanza, like with a Yankee jersey on, eating like strawberries and wiping it on. Uh, oh my god! That that would be. I agree with you. It's uh, and by the way, if you put him in Columbus, Ohio, I like that. I like yeah, that's good for. I me. like putting him in Columbus, Ohio, because that's the way to really. Because we are the ultimate test market. Uh-huh. So if we're going to test that theory, we'd have to have him here. Well, we do have a yeah. hockey club. You know, we yeah. got some diehard yes, fifth liners. Do. They'd be flooding. And they'd be flooding the bar if we found out he was. And Wayne, you know, and by the way, and Wayne's aged really well, maybe with some help, but he's aged really well, right? Hey, yes. Yeah. I mean, look, when you get to that point in your life, you got the money. You do what you need to do to make yourself no, he, feel he's, good. No, he's aged really well. He's he's sixty years old. Uh, he looks, yeah, he looks, he looks the part. He's he's. I mean, Jordan, uh, Jordan. You know, here's the great thing about going bald early. Is that you never age? Yeah, it's great. Like Colin is in a great position; <laughs> he will look the same his whole life. Uh, don't don't laugh; it's true. Be but what happy. does that mean? Like, what, do you agree with that, CV? Is there any more evolving happening for I, you? Yeah, uh, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, it sounds good in the forefront, <laughs> but I don't a, know, man. Big yeah, picture. I don't know what that means. Think big picture. Think Jordan is fifty-eight now. He's got a little gray in this in this in the facial hair. If he shaved that off, he would look ten years younger. Because all we've ever known is the uh, the gleaming dome mm. shine bright like yeah. a diamond, right? Yeah, you know, it's the only thing that's aged on our guy MJ is the eyes, because right now he's got the cognac <laughs> and cigar eyes going right now. Oh, you the, know, the crow's where they get a, feet. Get a, get a little yellow yeah. in there. It's all that cognac and those cigars that our oh, guy man, MJ's been yak. drinking. Give me my, where's my yak? Exactly. Give me my yak. What's that from? 
Oh, give me my yak. On, where's my yak? Where's my yak? What is that from? Soul Plane. God, okay, I got to run that back. It's been way oh, no. too long. You and I love that movie <laughs> from the start Can't to the, the end. Without the lightning. <laughs> that movie Come is on. off the chain. That movie is just I don't know why I love that movie so much. <laughs> it's so repeatable for me. I, Tom Arnold's great in it. Snoop's yes. great in it. Kevin, Kevin Hart's every great in yes, it. Yes, everybody. Man. It's a, like, it's a, it's really good. It's hilarious. I don't know how they pulled how, how how they made that so good, but maybe it was for the time. Anyway, we got a lot to do today. Here's our yeah. menu. Uh, Saban and Jimbo going back and forth in the offseason, having a little fun. Is it just fun, or is there some meaning? We'll talk about that. Uh, the Bengals' offense, what will it look like with Jamar Chase? How will it change? I've got a little uh, quiz for Matt. He could be the quiz kid no, again today. No. That's not that. It's not. It's more of a multiple guess. Uh, we'll do over-unders at 1248. Uh, we'll have Mark Schofield on. NFL touched on wire USA Today. Get you the latest on Aaron Rodgers on whether he may just let this thing kind of dissolve on its own and not say anything. Uh, McShay did his mock. We'll kind of run through that. We got J. Lou. Uh, we'll come back. Indians, my goodness, just ride this wave. Book them. Book them while you can, Dano. That's a that you got to get these wins, and they are feeling good, and they may as well ride the wave. Uh, do we feel they have sticking power? We'll talk about that. We're off and running. Thanks for being with us. Rothman and Ice on the Fan. News, opinions, and insight all before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. A former country club tennis pro and a high school baseball player. Don't be too impressed. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Rothman and Ice. Oh, my. I love a good trolling in the afternoon. Lane Kiffin has now jumped in on the Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban situation. Of course. Uh, what? Why is he getting involved? It's this guy. Nicky, I thought, right? I didn't think they were boys anymore. I mean, maybe they've kind of patched it up, but after yeah, he undressed maybe. him publicly on the <laughs> sideline, I thought that, that ended that. Uh, so he's jumped in on it, and, you know, he's pretty controversial, so that's fun to have him in, in that mess. And, and he knows not to, to, to mess with Sabes. I think that's the thing. I think that's the one thing. Like, like Saban has this over Lane Kiffin, um, who was Bama's OC for a couple of years, couple, three years, or whatever that was. And he had, you know, he had a couple of good quarters. I mean, he, they threw for a lot of yards with, with Kiffin as the OC. They had uh, Sims. They had Coker. Uh, they had Amari Cooper. They had Calvin Ridley. Mm. They had, I think, Coop won the Blitnikoff. They had, D, they had D. Henry. Weapons, right now he's at Ole Miss, and before I'll go backwards to go forward. Kiffin says, talking about Fisher. Here we go again, calling out the goat in the middle of another championship. Good luck at Alabama football. Just went on the wall in the weight room in T Town. So that's Kiffin taking up for Bama that they're going to take Fisher's comments and. And put it up on their weight room wall. Now here is, and I think CB has this, but I don't think he's previewed it yet. This is safe for work, is it not? There's nothing to. Okay, all right. Uh, well, we'll we'll go on the fly, right? That's how we how we do it. <laughs> Why <here>. not? <laughs> Jimbo Fisher had a little fun at the Houston Touchdown Club. And does this have the question in it or just the answer? Uh, it sounds like a little bit of the question mumbled in there. All right. Well, I'll I'll clear up the mumbling. The question is, and by the way, if this is from an A&M fan, this, this may be one of the great questions of all time. He says, what's the key other than Saban retiring 
to finally beating Alabama. We've known each other forever. I mean, we've been close together. Matter of fact, we're going to do a big fundraiser for a bunch of opiates and the drugs in, in West Virginia here at the end of this month. We're going to meet him, the governor, and, and uh, one of the state senators. We're doing a couple guys. We're doing a big thing for the state of West Virginia. Are there any, we, are, we want to get over. You got to listen. If you don't have somebody to shoot at, you don't get out of bed. All right. Well, you could kind of tell there. You know, if you don't have somebody to get after, you don't get out of bed anymore. And you want to chase that guy. He he circled around. You know my phrase. There's a little truth to everything. His knee-jerk reaction when she asked was, we're going to beat his blank while he's still there. That's yeah. what he said. And that's, what, that's the way a coach should respond. Of course. Like, I want him to respond that way. And so, when was the last time they beat him? With Johnny? Oh, my goodness. That, that it has, has to it be has it. Has because to be. I can't remember them, A&M, beating them. Jimbo. Other than with Johnny. Jimbo hasn't beaten Saban while Jimbo's been at Texas A&M. So that hasn't happened on his watch, and they've been putting it on him. I saw CBS Sports throw out this stat uh, you know, in regards to this story, and they said Texas A&M under Jimbo's never even scored thirty more than 30 points against Alabama. And last year, they beat them 52-24, to 24, and that was with Kellen Mond under center, now your guy up there in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, you know, AR, one of my favorite TV shows of all time was The Wire. And my guy, Omar Little, <laughs> I think he's got some advice for one Jimbo Fitcher. You come at the cane, you best not miss. <laughs> there it is. Like, you could do all this talking, but if you yeah. come at the king and the SEC king is Nick Saban, you best not miss because it can all be jokey stuff on the surface. But to me, a guy like Saban, anything he can get, anything he can get, he'll use for himself to say, okay, Jimbo, we'll see you. We'll see you when we see you, and we're going to put it on you again. Yeah, that's a tough one, right? You're at the touchdown club. You got a lot of fun. You got fans. I think some of these maybe not old school, but older-ish coaches. Yeah sometimes forget that everything's being recorded. And now you could barely hear it. If that's the best they got, it's no big deal. But people were there and they and they told us what was said. The Aggies are finally getting something out of what they're paying with him, right? Mm-hmm. They, cl- they had eight straight wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of them by double digits. Yeah. And they hammered North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. So they're they're feeling pretty strong and I and I and I know you do. They'll be a top 10 preseason team this year. Oh man, I, you know, I guess the only thing that I would have questions about would be the quarterback. Of course. That's it. Like yeah. and what they're replacing him with, but there's no doubt. Like the way that they finished that season last year was definitely impressive and we know like how much, you know, juice that fan base has down there. Texas A&M games are so fun to watch. So they're waiting for this thing to pop. The way Jimbo got it going at Florida State and Jimbo's 26 and 10 at Texas A&M right now, which is fine within the conference that they plan. There's always going to be some tough outs in that conference for sure. But yeah, wouldn't be surprised at all if Jimbo continues to make noise. It's just going to be 
Can you clip the king? When can you clip the king? And can you do that more than once? Can you build a program that can, in some games, in some years, go toe-to-toe with Alabama and be what Penn State is to Ohio State, be the thorn in their side with how some of these games have gone between the Buckeyes and Nittany Lions? So I love this stuff, AR. I love when we get a little smack talk going back and forth between friends, even if they weren't friends. I think this adds juice to college football, and I always love a little extra spice. Well, here's the key. He gets him in College Station, okay. Like that—that's if you're going to say something, and it's not my—it wouldn't be my style. I think he got caught up in kind of the fun of it. And and by the way, you don't want to back down. This is your team. You want to back them. Yep. It, it's very difficult at a touchdown club when someone gives you an aggressive question like that. Because think about the ego and the pride that Fisher had to feel in that moment when somebody said, "You can only beat them if that guy's not there." <laughs> the coach, not a player, a coach. Like something that you do. This isn't saying like that they had, uh, you know, all these guys coming back, Bama. And so that had to push a button in a coach. So believe me, I'm not getting on him about his response. I do like it because I think it's honest. I think it it, it shows competitive nature. Yeah. It's, It's not, if you could go back and redo it, you probably wouldn't want to package it up as, Hey, we we got good things going. That's a great team. Uh, We get them at home this year. We're going to be doing everything we can. They're the measuring stick. Uh, They're the best in college football. In order for us to be the best, we got to beat them. Like he could have, he could have done the Play Doh cliche cliche factory. Yeah, if he wanted. And what he gave us was raw honesty. And then he quickly pivoted to, I've got a lot of respect, worked with him. We're going to be doing a charity thing together. You know, he just started stacking up the. Now wait a minute, don't take this. The yeah. wrong way, but right. there's a there's maybe in this instance a lot of truth to how badly anyone would want to beat Bama undefeated. Uh, all these losses they have now with Mac Jones and Najee Harris and Devontae Smith and Waddle and Leatherwood and Dickerson and all these guys that just got drafted, and now maybe I don't know if they're gettable. They'll be top five. They'll probably be top two. Mm-hmm. I would think yeah. back to back to uh, Clemson and Bama and Ohio State and Oklahoma and Georgia and then there's A and M suspects yeah and then yeah. there's A and M right I don't yeah. know if they're they're right in that second I don't even know if we could do tiers right now but if it's Clemson Bama Ohio State and then if there's a slight slight and I'm saying slight Oklahoma Georgia then there they are. In my mind. That's it. I'm good with that. With where they are, you know, with their program, how they ended their season. Absolutely. Who knows that Notre Dame's going to bring to the table. You know, they're always kind of in the mix, too. But A&M, man, like, it's always enjoyable to watch games. And they always have fun where I can catch a game down at A&M. But on the flip side of this, too. This works if you're Alabama. Like, you, you talk about, or Jimbo, we heard him say, like, this helps you continue to pursue greatness, chasing the greatness. But it's also a motivating factor if you're one of the great teams as well, right? If you're Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, and you hear things like this, it's always going to motivate you to try to keep that gap between you and some of these other teams within your conference. So I think it can work both ways. It can continue to push the great teams that everybody's chasing, and it's always a motivating factor for those teams you know, looking up in the standings at the Alabama, Clemsons, and Ohio States of yeah. the world. Lost Sark to Texas, replaced him with Bill O'Brien, right? B-O-B. Yeah. Okay, just don't um, put don't put him in charge of any personnel yeah. stuff, and I think they'll be okay. Bryce Young was the number one dual threat quarterback in ESPN's 300. 
and they've got some running backs. They always will. They've got Mechie the third. They've got Bolden and Jameson Williams. Right. Yeah, but they only I think have one senior dude on defense. They've got they've got a lot of upperclassmen, um, but they're always going to be there. They'll always figure it out. And Jimbo had a little fun in the off season. And Saban's response to that. I'll give it to you when we come back, and then we'll examine whether this playoff expansion could actually happen sooner rather than later. Rothman and Ice in the fan. If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio is in tune to the right place. Always and forever, your home for the Buckeyes. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. They both like to go to raves with the Bosa brothers. Here's Rothman and Ice. All right, over-unders 1248. Play along then. So we had a little fun with the Jimbo Fisher calling out Saban, Lane Kiffin, then backing his former dude in Saban, which is kind of fun as well. And then I guess it was put to Saban, hey, this is what was said. In golf? (laughs) I think you you meant on the football field. Well, I'm sure there will come a day, you know, but um, is that what he's talking about? That football? He, he, was talking, he was talking about football. He was? Well, it used to be on my noontime basketball league, I guess. You know, we're no longer partners, yeah. you know, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. I love the there will come a day part. I think that was my favorite part even more than the golf. Like, yeah, maybe eventually there will be a day, but as long as I'm still roaming the sidelines with this white polo on with that burgundy A on it, that ain't happening, Jimbo. So I love I love that they're having fun with this. I love that Saban opened up just a little bit because you never know with little Nicky what you're going to get. You know he's got that Belichick in him sometimes. We really didn't want to talk too much and all that. But the fact that I think it's one of his friends and the fact that it's in the offseason and everybody's just chilling, I love that he went along with it. But, yeah, it, pretty much the vibe I just got ARs. Yeah, as long as uh you know I'm still here, it ain't happening. Yeah, well, that's the follow-up, right? When he says there'll come a day. The follow-up is, with you here or not? Because then you push him to the wall on, will you ever lose to them while you're still here? So if he opened it up to, well, I guess there'll come a day that we'll lose to A&M, will it be with you? Yeah. A lot of fun. Um, You want the playoff expanded? Yes or no? No, I don't. Mm. I don't. And, you know, I know that I'm probably in the, uh, you know, the slim, slim minority with this because I know there's a lot of people that are on board with this. And I understand why, especially from a fan perspective. It's more football, absolutely. And that's what we love. And especially when you can throw some seasoning on these games and, you know, make it seem like it holds more weight and all of that stuff. But, to me, I love the the four-game format. I love the pressure that comes along with it, not only for the teams, but for fans as well to feel that week in and week out. It's really enjoyable for me what they've got going right now. But I understand why this thing is going to probably expand, whether it's 8, whether it's 12, whatever the number is. It's always the money. It's the mm-hmm. money, and that's what it's going to come down to. These TV networks are going to look at the the money that they can make these programs are going to look at that these coaches are going to look at that and everybody's going to be in with expansion so I totally get it but I thought about this AR and I said I, I think this benefits everybody but the players 
It does. It, to me, it benefits everybody but the players. Coaches will make more money because this stuff will be in their contracts. The networks will make a ton more money. And us as fans, obviously, are going to love it because it's high-level football, you know, at the latter portion of the season. But what benefit are the players getting from this? To me, is that's where my mind goes because, obviously, they're not getting paid for this. They're putting their bodies on the line, and obviously, that gets you in line for more risk of an injury. So, I don't want it to happen. I love what we've got going now with the four-team format, and I don't really see a benefit for the players. So I wonder how they feel about it because it's always about us and the, and the coaches and the TV networks and all that, but what about the players? See, and I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit because I, I, I would not have predicted you would have said that because on one hand, I hear you fighting for the players, but financially, but... Me being more old school, I guess, is fighting for opportunity. And you were the opportunist on this station yesterday. That you want freedom for the you want more for the players. So I, I understand where you're going with it. You're like, well, what's in it for them? And my mind immediately goes to, well, they get a chance to compete for a championship. Isn't that why they're playing? They're not all going pro. And so my challenge back to you would be, and I, believe me, I'm not here you know, standing on top of the table yelling for an expansion because I'm not even sure some of them, if it went to eight, that some of them would be either, quote, worthy mm-hmm. of being a champion. Now, it still would be a one and done. It's football. It's not a series. So right. you still have the certainly potential of an upset. Sure. And and the worst team in the playoff last year would have been Cincinnati as far as rankings go. Not worst as in roster, but I, I'm I'm thinking. I don't have them right in front of me. But I'm thinking if you went to eight and Cincinnati gets the lineup against Bama, I would challenge you, Maddie Ice, and saying, wait a minute. If you were able to be a D, able to be a player for the Bearcats and be undefeated, I don't care if I lose to Bama. I just want the shot. I want to step in the ring with them because that's why I played college football. Now, do I understand that? Guys feel like we probably don't have a chance, or this, or we're probably going to lose. We're going to lose. To me, I don't know if you can create Cinderella in football, mm-hmm. and I think expanding the playoff to me, they'll package it up as well. More teams get a chance. How many upsets will we really see? And maybe we'll see if it, four versus five. Certainly, you could see an upset. And I'm not saying you'd never have an eight beating a one. But, and that's my argument for it, would be for those players. So it's kind of ironic to me to hear you say what's in it for them, and I'm the exact opposite. What's in it for them is everything they ever dreamed of as a kid. And I would love AR if that was, to me, how a lot of players were wired. I I just don't think that's where players are now. When, When you talk about... We've seen this new wave of a mindset come in where players mm-hmm. are really making business decisions for them at the latter portion of, of the year as far as do I really need to compete in these extra games when I've got this golden ticket in my hand and I'm so close to doing that. And I get it. Like you don't th- Quickly, you don't think we'd see less opt-outs if the playoff expanded? I, here's what I always said. I, didn't re- I, I never had a problem with the opt-outs. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing for a, a championship, I'd love to see you push through that and try to play. That's just me. But I'm saying from the athlete's perspective, some of these guys may look at this and say, eh, 
is, is it mm-hmm. really worth the risk? If I'm an eight seed mm-hmm. and I got to go play Alabama, is it really worth it? I'm just throwing that out there because I'm sure that has to cross some guys' minds. It would cross my mind, absolutely. And that's also a part of, part of why I don't want this thing to expand because I do think some of these are going to be beatdowns. Some of these mm-hmm. games are just going to be beatdowns. And then on top of mm-hmm. that, I don't really want to go down the road of, you lose two to three games and You're you got in. a chance yeah. at winning a natty. Like that mm-hmm. to me, like mm-hmm. I, that that's not it to me. And that's why I well, love it is in the pros. Well, well, we're talking college football though. Okay. I'll, I'll just yeah. say right now, I just think like to me, that's why I love college football. Every single mm-hmm. week holds so much weight uh, if you're one of these big boy programs. And I think we just lose a little bit of that. And that's what I don't want. Because I love coming in with you and talking all the pressure week in and week out and mm-hmm. all the matchups. And then I think we get into a conversation of, well, you know, hey, Clemson's lost two games, but they're still doing this. They could still get in. Like, I love that. Hey, you get one hiccup, and that one hiccup is a maybe, depending on what's happening around college football. And that's my fear, is that we're going to lose that element of college football just a little bit. I'm with you, and, I, and I'm and i with you on a lot of it. Because I'm, I, I have said in the past that I want the games that matter to continue to matter. And I agree with you, a three-loss team getting into a playoff doesn't seem so hot to me. And if they get hot, and then how happy... Now, they will have done it on the field. They will have earned it. Sure. Like, that they got in, and then they took the great chance and their opportunity, just like in the NCAA tournament. And we we celebrate it in the NCAA tournament because, well, first of all, you got to win, you know, what, six games. Um. And that's why, who knows, maybe the expansion would just go to six. Um, it's become a Power 5 Invitational. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. The If you went to eight, or God forbid, more, the whatever the Ohio State-Michigan game is, let's say Michigan's really good that year, or decent, and they lose the game to Ohio State, and they still get in. They still get in. So that game is no longer would no longer be, quote, an elimination game, which it usually is. Yeah. And so you would lose that. The conference championships wouldn't mean as much. The, the, the reason for it is for what I'm saying. More opportunity for teams on just on the outside looking in. Uh, more more meaningful games because the bowl games have become irrelevant. Outside of, if it's your school and you want to travel to the Rose Bowl or go to an exotic place to watch mm-hmm. your program play in a bowl game, I get that, but outside of the Final Four, it, it's nothing. They're irrelevant now. And so the argument is money, which you said first, which I think you're dead on right, money will drive it. And two, letting teams like Cincinnati and other teams just on the outside looking in have a chance at this and not just make it a Power 5 Invitational and everybody's out. Um, you know, And so there is that argument for it. And then the argument would be for the little guy, and it's not even the little guy. It's the, the medium-sized medium yeah, guy like, to get right. finally get his shot in the ring. And whether they lose by 30 or not, they got their shot. Like, if you could tell me, if you could poll everybody on the Cincinnati Bearcats, guys even with NFL careers ahead of them, hey, if you got a chance to play Bama, would you opt out for injury? I bet they, what do you mean? I played nine games already. I already risked injury for nine games. We're undefeated. I get a chance to go play Bama? I'll regret if I don't play in that game. I don't know, man. I think those conversations get interesting when you start, your agent starts talking to you. Hey, <laughs> you know, you're a second round pick, first round grade. Like, I, I just think it's different for everybody. Can't I can't imagine it, bailing on, on, 
I can't I imagine bailing I'm on that, saying, but I know, I know what you're saying. I'm I know. just saying, man. I think because I, I understand how you're wired, and I love that. But I just think it, it's different now. I think just we're yeah. in different times. Look, I, well, maybe I think, name, image, and likeness will help if they're you know, making money. That's a good point. If they're making that's money on their name. They'll that's be more likely to stay because also, I don't feel also, I'm missing out as much. But that's not a multi-million dollar golden ticket you got in your back pocket. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So I think this is going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen eventually. There's too much, uh, I think, coin on the line here. And then we'll just deal with it there. I, I just happen to think what we have right now in college football is really special. Over-unders next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. You'd think that during a three-hour radio show, Man and Bone would say something intelligent. You'd be wrong. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. Rothman and Ice present Overs and Unders. Sponsored by Mobile Center, taking care of your cellular needs. Mobile Center, now part of the 5GT Mobile Network. All right, CB, take over. Yeah, so quick recap both. Last week you went 3-3, three and three. Matt. You missed the Browns over under. The goals for the CBJ and the Bieber strikeouts. He missed it by just a half. So did you, AR. You missed that, plus the Browns over under and the red score. They went over yeah. five and a half. So starting this week, right. we have the Wells Fargo Championship down in Charlotte. I want to know over under for the winner at 15 and a half under par. Who's in this thing, AR? Uh, Rory's in it. Uh, Bubba's in it. Phil's in it. Uh, Justin's in it. Uh, okay, so there's some big yeah, dogs there. Okay. Phil was okay. leading Bryson after the first round last night, around 700. Bryson's in it too, right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, I don't know. Okay, what do you got on this? I was going to let you go first. I didn't even know there was a tournament going on until I That's saw why I wanted you to go first. <laughs> over, over under right now. What was, <laughs> Phil, what was Phil's score? I didn't, that's where I need he to He was know at how, seven under after last night. All right, well, I'm going over. Get the lefty cooking. I hope he gets this thing done. Give me the over this week. All right, I'm going under. Uh, it's a it's a Quail Hollow is a major venue, and I I uh, they hosted the PGA about what three four years ago. Great closing three, like that's if you're going to tune in for anything, they got a great closing three holes. They got a they got a 500 yard plus par four. They got a 220 yard par three at 17. They've got a uh, close to 500 yard par four 18th. So uh, it ain't over till it's over. I'll take the under on 15 and a half, meaning they will not get to 16. All right, number two, the crew have been struggling to score recently. I want to know over under a goal and a half versus D.C. United. They've been a little bit off lately, right, and scoring, but D.C. just gave up four, um, so I'm going to go over. I I think they get the two. Yeah, I like that you threw in that little nugget about the D.C. United giving up four of them things. So, yeah, we got to get it going, man. Let's get the Mm. black and gold cooking. So I'm going over this weekend. All right, number three, the Jackets have a doubleheader versus Detroit this weekend to end the season. I want to know over under five and a half goals. We got to end on a good note. We have to end on a good note. And Do I we? know Blue Jacket fans are probably yelling at me saying, they are. Oh, this is not what we want. This is not what we want. Mm-hmm. I want positivity to end the season. So I'm going to go over for our beloved Blue Jackets. Five and a half total. Grice and Bernier, they've been pretty good. Uh, I'm not sensing it. I'm not sensing that. I, I think you get three and two and still hit the under. So give me the under on five and a half. I'm with you on that it's pretty hard to orchestrate a complete failure. It, it really is because Seth just talked about how he wants to win for the fans. And and do not underestimate if this is the end for torts that Cam and, and Seth and Borky and those guys are going to want to win one for him. Do not underestimate that. 
but I'll still take the over-under on the goals under five and a half. All right, number four. The Indians have to win two of three this weekend in order to keep the Ohio Cup for the seventh straight year. So I'll set the over at one and a half wins for the Tribe. You know where I'm going with this one. Look, I know you guys just brought out the brooms on those Kansas City Royals, and you guys are up in the penthouse suite alone in the AL Central right now. But the red legs are coming to town, man. I got to go under. Uh, I'm going to go under as well. I think the pitching matchup favors the Reds a little bit now in this one. And so give me the under on one and a half wins. And then we'll do tonight's game. It's going to be over under eight and a half runs combined between the two teams. What's the weather like tonight? Can't imagine it's going to be nice, pleasant weather for a baseball game up in the land on a Friday night. But I'm going to go over on this one. You guys know how I feel about this Reds offense. I love what I saw from Cleveland out there in Kansas City. Very impressed with them. I'll go over tonight. We got Wade Miley on the bump. I ain't really loving that. Plesak ERA 4.78. He pitched pretty well, though, against the Sox, didn't he? They shut him out. He's coming off a pretty good outing himself. Miley's ERA, I don't know why you're so crazy bad on him. He's 2.67. Not a Miley guy. .96 whip. Whip. (laughs) You boys just got your butts whipped by a blank, blank bunch of nerds. Um, Give me the under on eight and a half total runs for a fallish type night, C-Town. And our final one's the weather one. It was really close last week. He hit the over by a half degree. Darn right I did. This weekend, it's going to be a little bit cooler. The high temperature over under will set it at 58 and a half. These are always tricky. These are always tricky. It's always tricky to rock a rhyme that's right on time. It's tricky. going... Over, I'm going over. I said the other day, I feel like we're caught up in the middle of football season, like week eight right now, and I think we may get that, but I think we get the 59. So I'll go over. Buddy of mine says, always go over with the weather in Ohio. I'm going under. We've got the old pal qualifier up at Little Turtle. Uh, it's going to be bad and cold for my back. It's, it's going to be a slop fest. Mother was a mutter. His father was a mutter. It's going to just be sloppy. And it's going to be cold, so I'll take the under. Go get, you one of those, go get you one of those copper fits, big dog. Far, I've Jerry got Rice. a fat wrap copper fit. <laughs> God, I need more. That's not going to keep me warm. Uh, oh, uh, my goodness. Need to just oh, jump in a bath of CBD oil. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. Sports Center update, top of the hour. And we'll dive back into the Rogers drama. Is he slithering back? Come on. Rothman and Ice on the fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The fan. Ohio sports destination. Insightful and thought-provoking sports conversation for your lunch hour. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Welcome back in. Happy Friday to you. Matty Ice, Anthony Rothman. Want to let you know about our latest Classroom Heroes winner. The fan is joining 10TV and the Ohio Education Association to honor Classroom Heroes in these weird times. Teachers and educators need our support and recognition more than ever. We're proud to announce this week's hero, Charmaine Campbell, principal at Parkmore Elementary in Columbus City Schools. Nominate teachers, coaches, or staff members who you think deserves special recognition. Head to 971thefan.com slash heroes. Congrats, Charmaine Campbell. They make a difference. 
that make a difference. Okay. You remember the great ones. You do. We just did our national teachers appreciation videos for the station, and they jump right out to me. They do. I, I, I gave a story about how my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Carl Berg, gave me, we wrote, they made us write like what we wanted to be when we grew up, our goals, our dreams, and all that. You know the stuff you, you write in fourth grade. No doubt. And you hand it in, and, and then 25 years later, I get my letter back in the mail. <laughs> That's a great teacher. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Found his students and saved them and sent them to us. Now, here's the risk. If you failed miserably on your goals and dreams, you don't want to get that letter. Exactly. <laughs> he took a big risk that right. we all, quote, made it. Right, right. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, there was a story last week about how Aaron Rodgers is so upset with the Packers that it's really, and I've always been about it's one person. It's it's the GM. It's the decision-making. It's not about love. He can, hold, he can hold off love. Goody. Yeah, exactly. He can hold off love. That's not his fear. Aaron Rodgers' fear isn't, oh, they're going to bench me because they got to get Jordan Love on the field. That's not his fear. He doesn't want to help them win any more games. That's it. It's spite. And a lot of people think he's right to feel this way. But he's doing a lot of talking behind the scenes. You said it the other day he wanted a clean break, and I think that's true. I think he, I think he wanted this to be taken care of behind the scenes professionally once he informed the Packers, I don't want to be there. And then I think when he wasn't getting what he wanted, he leaked it. That's I think he tried to force it out on draft night. I got to chum the waters. They're, they're not doing what I want them to do, which is trade me for multiple first-rounders. I, I believe that. I don't know it to be true. But I think when draft night came around and he felt like they were dragging their feet, which they're entitled to do. I've been saying it for a day and a half, as you and I have been debating back and forth. They don't want his money back. They want his play. They do not want a refund. They want what they paid for or what they want to pay for. So we went round and round on that, and it was fun. But I think it's all about this GM and and whether, they, whether they're going to fire him. And, and now I feel like they won't because... It would set a wild precedent that the star can get people whacked. And I and I also think Aaron's probably done anyway. And here's the evidence, and then I'll have you react to this. This is a reporter, Tyler Dunn. And if there is any thought about the Packers doing a win-him-back tour during the draft, wasn't going to happen. How long going back before last Thursday did you have a sense that there was some real friction there? Well, you're in good news, too, because I don't think this is going away anytime soon. We're, we're going to be talking right. about Aaron Rodgers yeah. for a while. You know what? Um, you know, Obviously, Adam Schefter put it out draft night, and as he kind of said, it was, it was definitely building up. And I had heard things here and there. Um, I did like a, a discussion thread with my subscribers that had go along, I want to say a week or two before that. And I had heard from somebody with the Packers that, you know, that the negotiations were getting a little frustrating on their part 
that they were doing, you know, what they could and they were willing to restructure and make him a very rich man if he would just move money around in a way that would allow them to sign a free agent that, that he wanted. So wasn't really sure what to make of that. But the fact that there was frustration from the Packers side, and then I heard, well, you know, they were looking at these quarterbacks in this draft. You know, what one day two guy that I know for sure with the GM in on that meeting, and it's kind of strange, right? Like, why would they be doing this? I know they do their due diligence, but it seemed like it was it was kind of serious interest. And now we know in retrospect, um, they were preparing for this uh, nuclear explosion uh, from Aaron Rodgers. So they had their mind on the future still. They want him to be a part of their immediate future. But I don't think they're... I saw another story in Pro Football Talk, Maddie, that said that the headline was, is Aaron Rodgers laying the foundation return to the Packers? And when I saw that, I'm like, wait, what? He's doing everything he can to get out of there. I'm just wondering if... if I don't think we've miscalculated the market. I, I think there are a lot of teams that would be in on this and in on him. But if it's not ideal... Like what if what if they got like a great deal from a team that he didn't want to go to? Right. Then what happens? I know, I know, and that's why there's so many layers to this thing, and that's why I think it's one of the more fascinating stories we had in the NFL in a while. And you've been saying something over the last few days when this stuff really started to unfold, and you've been saying, "Let's get Rogers on the record. Let's hear from him," because as the days roll along, this thing gets you know, twisted like a pretzel every single mm-hmm. hour because you've got so many people now on the record speaking for him that all these messages are starting to get mixed up. We, we've heard from reporters that cover the team for 20-plus years saying to him the chances of him returning are less than 5%. Shefty on our own program throughout how dug in Aaron Rodgers is, and then you get a new layer coming out last night and his former teammate and wide receiver James Jones, who – you know, for everything you read, that he and Aaron Rodgers have a really good relationship. He's up there on the NFL Network with our guy AJ Hawk talking about this thing is fixable, and he repeated it multiple times that he believes it's fixable. Now, is that his opinion, or is that Aaron Rodgers speaking through James Jones? And that's why all of this stuff is starting to get confusing. And I'm with you; like, it would be nice to hear from him, and not just a liked tweet where he likes Devontae Adams' tweet talking about kind of know what you got and all that. I'm just paraphrasing, but he liked the tweet, so he's speaking a little bit there. But now this whole story is just all over the place because every day we hear opinions on both sides of, well, it's fixable and there's no way he's coming back. So in order for this to get cleaned up, we got to hear from 12. We, we got to hear from the MVP about what he really wants and now whether that's a sit down with the NFL Network or him hopping on Instagram, like whatever it is. I think it's time that we do hear from him. And you've been saying that over the last couple of days, and I've been waiting to hop on that. But now it's to the point now where we're just hearing so many different things about this guy. Let's hear it from the big dog. Let's hear it from Aaron Rodgers. You won't. You won't. Because he doesn't even know what's happening yet. He's not going to go public with I want. He's, he'd face too many tough questions. He can't. I mean, he could, but he won't. Because then it comes down to he's got to get on the record about the GM. He's got to be on the record about whether he wants to play there. He's got to be on the record about it's not clearly he's on a below market deal without a no trade clause. Right. Right. Like they could easily see. That's why I said to you yesterday that there's no reason for them to rush this 
Because here, listen to this. If they if they start if it goes public that the Packers are actually fielding offers, then the wheels are in motion. Then Aaron gets what he wants. I think the Packers truly want him to stay. Why wouldn't they? Well, he's uh, he. I mean, he. I know they have a future in Jordan Love. They want to see what he's about, but they they're in a they're in a Tom Brady Jimmy Garoppolo situation. They thought they were, and I just feel like they got to wait now, Maddie, to field offers because if they start if if it goes public that the phone lines are open mm-hmm. and that they're open to the highest bidder, which they eventually may be, because. Sure. I mean, people are saying, oh, well, they'd rather have the cash and the cap space versus the three first-rounders. I don't know about that. If, if this thing isn't savable and he's dug in and he is going to retire, to me, door number one, cash back. Door number two, three first-rounders and a quarterback. I'm, I'm taking door two. I got to think big picture for my team. So well, I think there'll be time for them to field offers. I think they still feel like, let's let Aaron sit in this a little bit. Let's let's publicly say how much we want him and don't want to trade him. Well, see, here's the thing. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't believe that they really want me. Like, I, I hear you guys saying that, but your actions have told me otherwise. Like, that to me is where I, I would be confused if I was Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, of course, publicly, you can say that, and you're supposed to say that to sell your fan base that we're not trying to kick an all-time legend out of here. But your actions have told me otherwise, and I understand why he's so frustrated. But the the clip that we just played from Tyler mm-hmm. Dunn, who we've had on the program mm-hmm. before, uh, about them taking a quarterback or having discussions about that last <laughs> week, how do you think that's going to make him feel? Like that's what I'm saying. Like they keep doing things that don't add up to we want you to stay. Like. It just does. I don't understand what they're doing. I understand that. Hey, you got to think long term as an organization. You got to find pockets in time to where you can mm-hmm. blend the now with the future. I understand that. But to continue to double down on things like that, and now we got an NFL reporter out there that talking about they had discussions about a quarterback. He's probably sitting back in, in Calabasas <laughs> or wherever he is, saying, "What do I got to do around here, man, to get to get you guys to go all in with me without thinking about the future?" Because he's probably saying, "I got you." I got us. Like, I can do this. I can get us back to the top of the mountain, and they keep flirting around with future assets that are guys that are going to take his job. It's like, I don't care how good you are. When somebody is coming into your territory and it's perceived to be they're coming to take your spot, of course you're going to be confident, but it's not going to make you feel good. So Mm -hmm. I I just don't understand what the Packers are doing. They hold the cards. That's what they're doing. No, No, you're right. I'm just saying... The stuff they're shooting back across at Aaron Rodgers, it's not signs of we love you, we want you. It's, hey, we control kind of the, the, the financial stuff and the contract stuff, and you're going to go by our rules. And I think that's a dicey game to play with a guy that's still playing at a high level. I think that you and I will continue to go round and round on this till June 1st. Well, like, I think that, I, that, I that's once that clock starts ticking and it and the trade becomes easier from a cap standpoint yeah. we may have more information then and, and that's also, why i think between now and then the packers are going to stand and and both parties will dig in and then you and i will speculate again for weeks until june 1 and then maybe it'll start going 
And we may get a little kind of peek behind the curtain here if he gives them nothing here in a couple weeks mm-hmm. when OTAs kick. I think a little less than 20 days or a little right right around 20 days whenever the Packers get going because Schefter had in that report that he's a guy that has shown up and he's got a big workout clause in there. I think 500 grand and all the things. So he's done things like that. And that may be the first kind of sign there that he is really dug in because we'll have a couple more weeks to think about it and let this thing breathe. But when they start gearing up for OTAs, and doing team activities if he's nowhere to be found and you know jordan loves qb1 on that zoom meeting or in that building it's going to be interesting yeah i saw ryan clark was talking about that we don't know whether aaron is as dedicated like tom to play into his 40s and who knows i I don't look at it as if if he can quit that means he's not dedicated I, i don't quite look at it that way i think he's he is he fe- he feels personally wronged and that he is doing everything he can within his ability and my team isn't investing in me and I want to go somewhere where I feel like that's happening. Yeah. And that's it. I think that's the bottom line. I think he wants to play football and compete for championships, but I don't he doesn't want to do it for Green Bay anymore. Yeah. And he I doesn't also, feel they deserve it. And I also think AR as a competitor, he's hearing a little bit of the noise. Mm-hmm. Like all-time talent, amazing arm talent. Oh, yeah. We hear all that all the time, but he's only got one yeah. of those things. And he wants to – I have to imagine you want to be in more of the conversation mm-hmm. with the Tom Brady's of the world because he does have that type of talent, but he's already he's only got one. Now, they're mm-hmm. so hard to get. I get that. But maybe part of that is playing to his mind where he's looking at, hey, I'm deep into the back nine here. I'm on hold about 14 right now in my career – I gotta win another one to really, really cement myself as one of the all-time good ones yeah. at that at the quarterback position. So what you're saying is that Aaron Rodgers and Goody aren't paired up in the old pal qualifier right. no. at their club. No. Okay. All right. No. We'll come back. We got another quarterback who was happy with his draft. At least we think he is. Rothman and Ice in the fan. Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The Fan. If you're tired of hearing about Matty's high school baseball prowess, just wait five seconds until Anthony tells stories about his amateur tennis days. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, we'll have Mark Schofield, NFL, touched on Wire USA Today at 133. Some good nuggets there. Uh, Jerome Bettis, the boss on Najee Harris. Uh, these types of running backs are not a dime a dozen. Everybody wants that kind of running back. They do. Uh, we've talked about you know having the luxury of being able to draft it. Steelers certainly went that way because they needed it. It's weird. I, I, I thought they had a collection of running backs that with a decent offensive line, they could be real good. And I actually liked Connor at the beginning. But this is kind of where we are, but it's not even the reason why we're going to talk about it. It's that Betta says that Najee Harris can almost save Ben's career another year or another two years. Yeah, handing the ball off, and if they can block for him, but I don't look at Najee Harris saving Ben Roethlisberger's career as far as a couple more years. I mean... I don't know what he's going to look like. He threw four picks in that ugly loss to Cleveland. And he's got a... Well, I don't even know what his, his salary cap hit is. It's probably pretty big. 
Um, they restructured, right? For yep. can't even remember Absolutely. how they got. He helped it done, them out a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah, he helped them out. Yeah, this seems to be like the end. Although, if he if somehow his health maintains, I'll say this: it, it would be incredibly shocking to see him anywhere else. Yeah, I mean it's it's got to be Steelers or nothing, right? I mean that's, that's how it feels yeah. to me. Yeah, so, you know I understand what the bus is saying because we can all point to I'm sure a couple quarterbacks, the quarterback up in Cleveland, a lot of quarterbacks, man, to where you get a strong running game around mm-hmm. any quarterback that's going to benefit those guys, and we've seen what that can do for a Baker Mayfield, a Tom Brady, even with play action and things like that. Like it's such a great thing to have within your offense. We just don't know if Pittsburgh can do that. We just saw them come off a really bad year with running the football last in the league in both yards per touch at 3.6 and total rushing yards per game at only 84 per game. So they got to cook this thing up up front for Big Ben because I'm all in on that being a big-time boost for them this season. But we just had Ray Fittipaldo on the other day who covers the Steelers out there. And he even has questions about what this offensive line is going to look like. And I was all in on the Najee Harris fit. Mm-hmm. I think he is an absolute Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. running back, big body guy, can do a lot of things, both between the tackles, outside of the tackles, did a good job catching the rock for Bama a year ago. So the talent is there. But are they going to be able to throw dudes out of the club up front? It's a tremendous mm-hmm. question mark that hangs over, I think, Pittsburgh's head right now. And can they turn that thing around that was just so bad last year that couldn't provide any punch for them? Because I think a lot of people are in on the the playmakers outside. It's just the dudes in the trenches. Will mm-hmm. they be able to clean it up for Najee Harris and both Big Ben? He's right about the strategy. Strategy is not to have Ben throwing it 40, 50 times a game. I'm with him on the strategy. Yeah, yeah. He can't do that anymore. He can't win you games with his arm. You could make the case he's the worst quarterback in the division. For sure. For sure. When would we have ever said that? No. (laughs) Be crazy to say that a few years ago. I know, but as it sits right now with the three young guns in the building, and especially with confidence, I I feel confident saying that because of what we saw Mm -hmm. from Joe Burrow. Big Ben's accomplished, no doubt about it. But right now, Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned kind of the arm strength and all that stuff. Like AR, Big Ben last year, 6.3 yeah. yards per pass attempt. The year before that, 5.7 yards per pass attempt. So can he push the ball downfield consistently? The playmakers are there. Playmakers are absolutely there. But go look at what Juju's numbers were doing. Like a lot of receptions, but they're not really going anywhere. So can Big Ben do that? The way we saw him before, it's been a question mark over the last couple of years because the numbers are telling you right now Big Ben's not pushing the rock downfield. No, he had great arm strength in his career, too. And he didn't always have to look pretty. He's a big guy, um, but he, he could throw it a long way. Yeah, And he could throw absolutely. it a long way without problems. No doubt. And now he's got some problems. And I also think from his strength and his upper body that he didn't have to reset. He didn't have to be balanced. Like Ben Roethlisberger was classic old-school, bad-weather Pittsburgh Steeler football. No doubt. And it was no a doubt. great pick. And, and and this isn't to say that he isn't the Hall of Famer that he is. It's just we're watching this transition, and they're hanging on by a thread. Yeah. So I'm – listen, I'm, we're not Steeler fans, but I, I respect what they are and who they can be still with that defense – and the key will be is if they can take some heat off him, 
I still think he's crafty enough that he can beat you. So it, it and he's got to stay healthy. But I'm not buying the just because he has Najee Harris, he's playing another two years in a Steeler uniform. No, I, I, just, I can't. I can't get there either. In fact, most Steeler fans are probably. If I ask this question to Steeler fan, are you more interested in seeing if Ben can bounce back? Or if Dwayne Haskins has a future, I think they're picking door number two. That's a tough question. They won a ton of games last year, but they did limp in to the latter portion of the season. I know they had some key injuries on the defensive side of the football. So I'm sure big Steeler fans, they're, they're always wrapped up in success, and they should think that way. They've done a great job over the last decade of just being such a consistent organization. But you got to be curious about the future. You, you absolutely have to, uh, for sure, because that's going to be a big, big deal if and when we or when we get to that point with Big Ben. But yeah, Najee Harris for sure can protect Big Ben a, a little bit. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to push people around the way they need to. That way, Big Ben doesn't have to throw the ball thirty times a game and all that, and just sit back and shotgun and just all that stuff that you do to protect a quarterback when you can't block up front, like. I just have question marks about that. And I said it the other day. I, I view Cincinnati and Pittsburgh very similar right now with their first-round selections. Amazing talents. But are they going to have the five dudes up front that are going to allow a lo- enough time for us to see that talent is my question. Which team is the next primetime type team? We'll talk to Mark Schofield next, who covers the league for USA Today. Rothman and Ice on the fan. What's the best way to scare your kids into submission? By blasting morning juice through the speakers. You're welcome. Morning juice. Weekdays at 6. The fan. Smarter than your average sports show. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back in. We go right to the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. Mark Schofield, our friend from USA Today, Touchdown Wire. Good to have you back, Mark. Oh, it's great to be back with you guys. I uh, hope you guys are having a good afternoon and excited to talk about a little football today. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so we'll talk about Rodgers here. Maddie and I both believe this won't really truly heat up till after June 1 where then maybe the Packers start to to field some offers. And publicly, I understand right now why they wouldn't want to be known as, yeah, we're fielding offers for the highest bidder. That gets what Aaron wants. But I'll give you three doors, and you got to pick one. Uh, He stays with the Packers. He plays with them this season. He retires, door number two, or he gets what he wants and he gets traded, door number three. I'm going to pick door number three right now. I think you're right, though. It won't happen until after June 1st uh, because of the reasons you said, the leverage and the negotiations process. But I do think this relationship is fractured. It's beyond repair. And as this sort of Rogers saga has unfolded, I'm reminded of a situation that played out a couple of years ago. Tom Brady Sr., Tom Brady's father, said of Tom Brady's time in New England, it will end and it will probably end badly. We're seeing this sort of situation play out more and more with veteran quarterbacks that want to play deep into their careers, into their late 30s, into their 40s, but organizations have to prepare for life after them because sometimes the cliff happens and the production just is not there anymore. And that just naturally creates this tension. We saw that tension play out, play out with Brady, with Garoppolo, the draft pick there, and that relationship ended. We've seen it with other veteran quarterbacks, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning. Obviously, Manning was injured, but still similar situation. And so I do think this relationship is fractured. I don't think Rodgers wants to stop playing and retire. Obviously, the sort of Jeopardy hosting gig might be a little negotiated chip he can use. But I do think he ends up getting what he wants and finding another. they find a deal and he's playing somewhere else next year. Have you 
locked in on a team that you would really like to see him suit up for because that's also fascinating to me is where they would trade Aaron Rodgers and can they communicate back and forth about a new home for him both sides feel good about it is there a team that you really really would like to see him go to if the trade lever is pulled you know the Denver Broncos scenario that's been floated about does seem to make a lot of sense, right? Because you look at Denver from a roster construction standpoint: KJ Hamler, Courtney Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. They've got weapons on offense. Javante Williams. They just added the running back at the top of the second round. But you've got Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. Your two quarterbacks on the roster right now. And while I'm not ready to close the book on Drew Locke and his effectiveness as an NFL starting quarterback. And I do think there are things that Teddy Bridgewater can do well as a quarterback in the NFL. With those weapons, you can just imagine what Aaron Rodgers could do with that kind of talent around him. And from Denver's perspective, you have those weapons, you're unsure about the quarterback position. Adding Aaron Rodgers certainly makes you a team that could contend maybe in the AFC West, maybe in the AFC as a whole. And so uh, I think the Denver Broncos do make a ton of sense. I think there's a reason why, A, we're here in Denver a lot in these discussions, and B, Remember, Denver had a chance to draft a quarterback. Justin Fields was available. Mac Jones was available. They went in a different direction. So that tells me that they're perhaps holding out hope as an organization that they can get a Rodgers deal done. Mark Schofield with us, covers the NFL for USA Today. All right, which offensive pick did you like better, Cincinnati taking Jamar Chase or Pittsburgh taking Najee Harris? That's, I'll go with Cincinnati taking Jamar Chase. I was one of the people that said, look, you've got to protect Joe Burrow. You've got to make sure you can get the best five in front of him. Yes, you have Jonah Williams at left tackle. Yes, you've signed Riley Reef to perhaps play right tackle. But you've got to make sure you can protect Joe Burrow. And put the injury aside, even before Burrow got hurt last year, they had to go five wide. They had to go quick game. They couldn't trust the offensive line to protect him and to keep Joe Burrow upright in the pocket. You can't run into a situation where you hurt your quarterback. That was where I was pre-draft. But between these two, the Harris pick by Pittsburgh at 24 and the Chase pick at 5 by Cincinnati, I do like the Chase pick more because now you can sort of see that if they get Riley Reef, if they get Jonah Williams to be their tackles, they added, you know, in the interior, Jackson Carmen and later in the draft, you might be able to put together an offensive line that can protect Burrow. You start seeing these weapons in place now, T. Higgins. You reunite Chase with Joe Burrow. And I do see where this could work, whereas – from Pittsburgh's perspective, you've got needs at offensive line. You know, uh, added Najee Harris, as talented as he is, I don't know if that gets Pittsburgh right away to their goal of improving the running game and taking a bit off of Ben Roethlisberger. So between those two, I'm a bigger fan of the Bengals pick. If you're one of these AFC teams, as you know, and you want to get to the Super Bowl, more times than not, you're probably going to have to go through Arrowhead. That's been kind of the vibe over the last couple of seasons. You know, we're here in Browns country, and they have an absolutely good roster, and they made some big-time strides a year ago. Who do you think's the closest team to Kansas City right now? I know Buffalo was the hot one this offseason, but now that we're out of the draft, uh, who would that team be for you that's close to Kansas City and you like them as a team that could probably clip them? You know, the number of messages, guys, I got, whether it was Twitter DMs, texts from friends, from family members, along the lines of, should I buy the Browns as Super Bowl contenders this mm-hmm. past weekend? 
probably tells you where I'm going with this answer because I absolutely love what Cleveland has done, not just in free agency. You know, the addition of John Johnson to their secondary, I think, was a perfect pick, you know, perfect sided in free agency. But then you look at what they've done in the draft. To get Greg Newsom to add to the strength of that secondary, I love it when teams give themselves multiple ways to contend with teams like Kansas City. You can start playing matchups on your own on the secondary on the defensive side of the ball. To add Newsom, the the cornerback from Northwestern who's got Mm -hmm. a lot of experience and zone coverage, off coverage, can click and close on routes. I think he gives them another piece in that secondary. But then you look at the second round, Jeremiah Wosukamura. I absolutely love that pick. And I was saying before the draft that Cleveland might draft him at 26. And to get him in the second round, another matchup type player. When you're watching him, yes, it says linebacker next to his name. But you see it against Clemson, he's covered Amari Rogers in the slot. You see him against UNC, he's covered Daz Newsom in the slot. You could even put him at safety in some three safety packages. So you can do a ton of different things with him on the defensive side of the ball. And then look, even the third round pick, Anthony Schwartz, the burner wide receiver from Auburn. That's a nice little addition for them. Gives him some depth. He can certainly add some things in the vertical passing game. And so you put this all together, a team that made a playoff run last year that's had that taste of playoff success. They made some great additions in free agency. Now with these draft picks, I really like what Cleveland has done. And I do think right now they're the threat to Kansas City in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Music to their ears. Final minute with Mark Schofield. Would you give Baker an extension now? I'm in the wait and see because I think they, I think it's a win-win. I think if he plays great this year, they'd be more than happy to pay him, and, and they will. I don't think they need to try to get him to sign a discount. I don't even know if he would, but would you wait and see, or would you try to throw a big extension in front of him now? You know, I'm more inclined to put the big extension in front of him now. I was very optimistic about Baker going into last season, thinking about Kevin Stefanski, the things he can do schematically would fit Baker. And I do think that this is kind of a time to perhaps reward the step that he took last year. I think he really sort of proved himself as the quarterback for Cleveland, both now and going forward. And I'm always a fan of, look, if you show that to your quarterback, you show that to your team, the belief in the quarterback position in Baker Mayfield, that will get rewarded down the road. I understand the wait-and-see approach because, look, there, there was a, now a year of film on Baker, and defenses might figure him out. And so if they want to go in that direction and understand why they might do that and understand why you think they should wait and see, I get that too. You know, I do think you're right that it's sort of win-win if they do wait and see. If it were me and I were in the room, I'd make you know a move to make the extension now, but – I'm just a dude sitting in his office right now. I don't have to make that call, thankfully. So my job's not on the line either way. Check out his stuff, touchdownwire.usatoday.com. Really good stuff on the top prospects in the draft class and a lot more stuff about the Shield. Thanks a lot, Mark. Be well. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Yeah, fun conversation. Uh, Before we take a break, CB and Maddie, I'll ask both of you. Yeah. $100 soft-earned dollars on the Browns right now to make the Super Bowl. Not win it, but you guys are all about them knocking off KC and Buffalo and although Maddie's got his Ravens probably beating him. But I would say I'm gonna ask both of you, what 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 sounds good to you in return on a hundred softer in dollars to represent the AFC in the big one? Can I get a G back? C B? I want to see who's closer. I want to see who pre- let's do more of a prediction. What would Vegas offer you right now? Oh wow! I will go with eight hundred. Maddie, are you sticking on a cool G? Yeah, let me roll with the G. 
Ain't nothing but a G thing, yeah, baby. Right. CB is closer, and he's very close. Seven fifty. Seven fifty. Okay. So, like, now is it intriguing to you guys? Is that a nice little? Don't have to win it. Just have to play for one. It is. I like it. I mean, we've been on this Browns team, man, talking about them a ton, and we like what they've got. It looks great on paper, and we just had a national guy come on and express his feelings for the squad, too. So they're going to be right there. And that's why I said the other day, to me, this isn't Kansas City and then Buffalo. To me, it's Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Cleveland. Like That's how I'm looking at it. Now. Here's the here's where we kind of throw something out there that we did earlier in the week. Now, if we pull our resources together and we take our three Benjis and turn them into twenty two fifty for the Browns playing the Super Bowl, but we may have to sprinkle a little bit on the Denver Broncos if they get a Aaron. Mm, yeah, we like that. The other so day. I will ask you guys another question yeah. on them on the Broncos making the Super Bowl. What do our th- 300 softer in dollars today return on the Bronx oh right now gosh. today yeah with Locke and Bridgewater I, I don't know maybe no maybe it's baked maybe the Rogers trades baked in a little oh bit my gosh. it's the pie's not done but it's can I, might be can in I, there can I get 2500 back on 100 or 300 on 100 I okay, get 25 300 can I get goodness I think I'm gonna I'll tell you CB you got an answer Right now, odds on the Broncos to make the Super Bowl. Uh, we're putting all our money together. Just what? Just a hundred? Just uh, yours? Just a hundred? You I'll got go a twenty eight. Twenty eight hundred. Okay, I'll go so twenty five hundred. Here's the problem. Maddie's a little closer, but he's not close. <laughs> They've got it baked in. Okay, they got it baked in. They're on it. A hundred dollars on the Broncos to represent the AFC gets you back a G. Yeah, they're on it. That's interesting. They're we, on it. we pointed it out the other day. They're that was it. wild when we saw that. Twenty five. You want to know one. what the you want to know what the Raiders is? Oh, they got they were down at like eighty to one with the odds. So. Well, that was to win it all. <sighs> just to get there yeah, for the Raiders. Be, yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm going to tell what you how many C- how much Rogers' ingredient is drizzled into this. What do you think, CB? Oh man, uh, I'll go thirteen then. Thirteen hundred. Give me. Mm. I'm going to need 16, I think. He's not going to the Raiders. Not according to Vegas. <laughs> okay. 3,500. Oh, goodness, yeah. Sorry, John. <laughs> Sorry, Gruden. Sorry, Big Hey, Bob. you never know, man. Things yeah, change, true. especially with oh, the Rodgers. Man, Buckeye yeah. bolted up next. Some royalty returning to a program. We'll tell you what that means next. Rothman and Ice in the fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Rothman and Ice present Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Don't go through another air conditioner breakdown. For fast, friendly service, call the experts at Logan Services now for a free estimate and next day air installation. All right, Buckeye Bolton time and some royalty coming back to the program. Four-time NCAA champion Logan Stever has joined the wrestling staff. So one of the all-time greats is back in a official capacity. Tom Ryan naming him as an assistant. Now, he's been involved in their, in their program, freestyle program, since graduating five, six years ago. But now they're, they're adding him back officially. And so... My goodness, that's he's uh, he's a legend. He's a legend on the mat, and 
He's only one of four dudes in the history to win four NCAA titles. Mm. And so his name is cemented, etched, school history. No doubt, man. And I don't even know how many times he lost in four years. Well, I've got those numbers for you, sir. Oh, you do? Okay. Did he lose? How do you like a record of 119 and three? <laughs> how does that work for you? Yeah, the dude was just an absolute. The, who the three guys are and whether he just had an off day. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. We may have to dig into that, but no, dude's a beast mode. He's an absolute beast. So uh, good when you get stories like this, and you know, Coach Ryan's got to be loving having a guy like this around the program, an all-time great, like you mentioned, being able to learn from him, all the different tricks. I'm sure he could show the guys, you know, within that program. And it's a hot program, man. I know a lot of people are really on board with the Ohio State wrestling program because Coach Tom Ryan really has had that thing cooking, and Logan was a really big uh, piece of that with what he was able to do. And you laid out the accolades there, just absolutely phenomenal career man and for it to come back full circle and now he can give back to the scarlet and gray it's good stuff man uh kyle roland is reporting kyle roland works for the toledo blade he is reporting that this is a from dan tyranny the press secretary for governor mike dewine that the governor is confident the college football stadiums in the state of ohio will be full in 2021 get it rocking Get the Seven Nation Army going, AR. Get it going. That's exciting. Like, even if the, if it was 50%, I would have got excited, right? Like, just to have that type of atmosphere, north of 100 grand in that thing, mm-hmm. the shoe over there, it's, just a, it's a beautiful thing. You know all about it. A lot of listeners, I'm sure, know all about it as well. So, yeah, if we're inching towards that, you know, here, here in a few months, and we're back down there on Saturdays doing tailgates, and it's absolutely on and popping, and there's not a lot uh, better that our wonderful city has to offer. I always tell people that, man. You come into Columbus, try to get in here during football season and go down to the high street lane, all that good stuff. Go down to that area and really experience it, man. It's always a great vibe. So the players are going to love it. The coaches are going to love it after last year. Hearing echoes in those some of those joints, I'm sure. Yeah, let's get the fans back in the building. I love hearing that. Well, hopefully, you know, we all just keep going in the right direction, right? And yeah. that's, you know, you can't really declare it today. Sure, sure. You just got to have hope that the way things are trending. Yeah. So that would be good. College football's top 25 future defensive power rankings. It was done by Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com. And they looked at the 25 best defenses over the next three seasons. So obviously with recruiting and classes. So 21, 22, 23. Uh, some of the teams that appear in the quarterback and offensive list, although there's not much overlap. So let's see. Ohio State, he has number five. Okay. Program, you know, programs that traditionally excel on defense. Georgia, Clemson, Wisconsin. Uh, he's got a couple others. But he's got Ohio State. Undeniably bad season on defense, uh, followed by a really good one. So bad, bad season twenty eighteen, pretty good one twenty nineteen, excellent, and then the backslide last year, and they've still made it all the way to the title game in a short season. Yeah, but we know where they struggled, certainly against the pass, sure. and certainly in the red zone and points allowed. And but that's that's a an emphasis for Ohio State, and they know that to be a championship team. To go up against an offense like they had to go up against in Bama, and not many teams could stop them. Uh, they got a shot at it, but boy, they they got shredded. We know that. All right, yeah. that's today's Buckeye Bulletin. Yeah, those defenders they are, they're going to be feeling like Tupac, all eyes on mm. me, because that's where yeah. a lot of people are going to be going with their eyeballs when this season kicks off is what type of resistance can those Buckeyes on defense provide? 
We'll come back. Todd McShay threw out a 2022 mock, so very early predictions. We'll hit that in the deep dive. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and Ice feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for a deeper dive. Sponsored by United Dairy Farmers. Miss filling up before gas prices went up? Get UDF slow price lock with U Drive. All right, this may not be the most important story, but I like it. When Tom Brady went to Tampa, and believe me, we all love Ohio, but there are certain things about Tampa that, you know. They're winning. They're sorry. Winning. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we can just be honest. Yes, we got to be honest. Accept with the L right. on the climate and exactly. the ocean and everything right. else that goes along with it. But the fact that Tom Brady is now enjoying that he went there, won the Super Bowl, and, you know, from a, from a life standpoint, he is only 43. Like, I think we think of him as being, like, old because he's football old. Yeah. He's not old. Yeah. Like, he's got a lot of life left. Yeah. And I wanted to let you know what he had. The first thing he did when he got there was what? Um, the first thing he did when he got to Tampa, as far as, like, you know, feeling luxurious. Wasn't he like? Wasn't the NFL mad at him for having workouts and stuff when they weren't supposed to be? Like I'm, that's where my mind. And maybe goes. I went a little tricky on you. The first thing okay. he wanted to buy, um, all the avocado ice cream in Tampa. I don't know. Yeah, I no. Don't, no, I don't know. So he already owned a fifty-five foot yacht hmm. that he was upgrading, and he want you know when you're acclimating to Florida, you gotta you know you've got to go big, flex on them, right? So, the first thing he did when he got there, he said, I need a boat. And he pre-ordered a 77-foot yacht that cost an estimated $6 million. Mm. He was one of only 15, I guess, of this certain yacht to pre-order this deal. And they released a video promoting the release of their new yacht. And... He said, you know, I was in New England for a lot of years, which is kind of a boating community. But moving down to Tampa last year, I live right here on this beautiful bay, old Hillsborough Bay. First thing I did when I got here is I need a boat. <laughs> yeah, a boat. I need a yacht. Let's keep it real, Tom. The yacht, as I t- told you, $6 million, three bedrooms. <laughs> three bedrooms. More than some apartments. It's a lot of kids. Three man. bedrooms, kids. accommodations for up to nine. Mm. You know, pull out, pull out beds. You know, there's a couple of those in there. Up somewhere. to nine if they want to be cozy and can reach uh, speeds up to 37 knots. I don't know what the knot to yeah. mile per hour is. Me either. I can't do the con- can't that. do the conversion on that yeah, right either. now. I have no yeah. time for that. No math. He revealed that he will probably keep the same name of his current yacht. Okay. Viva Avida. Do we know what that means? That's got to be something about living a good life, right? Well, that's something, what he's right? been doing his entire life. I mean, it's got to just guessing, right? Good. Yeah, no, I don't know. Long I would love life. Maybe yeah. CB could find that out for us. But yeah, I'm all in on a yacht purchase. Yeah, like, there you go. All in on a yacht purchase. He, he's getting his The Lonely Island and T Pain on mm-hmm. it, or I'm on a boat. Like, that song was oh doing goodness. crazy numbers. Back when I was in, it's incredible, dude. It's incredible. It's nuts, right? But yeah, the beautiful. He doesn't have to take care of it. Somebody else will do that for him. That's even yeah. You just show up. It's clean. Wipe wipe that thing down. 
Hook it up. Chef somewhere on that thing, cooking up all everything that he wants. Like that's what I would be worried about. If Tom Brady invited me to a yacht party, I'd be worried mm. about the food because I think Tom would try to hit us all with his little TB12 dialect. Hey guys, we got avocado ice cream. But that's over what you here. Like, like, man. No, no, no. When I go on a boat with Tom Brady, I want to eat a whole bunch of junk food. And just enjoy myself. I don't want to be healthy around Tom Brady. I'll let him handle that. That's why he looks the way he looks and played until he's 43 years old and just won another Super Bowl. My I goodness. think you'd want it to fit the environment, right? I mean, wouldn't you well, want, like, seafood no. and a buffet of some kind? And I mean, you want to class it up, yeah. Maddie. Let's I'm not turn that. this like, into a little sports bar. Could be a little crab cakes, some oh, crab cake sliders, now something like that. Like little lobster tails. You know, you got to have a little lobster bisque, even though it'll probably be warm. Lobster bisque always works. So I'm in on that. I like mm-hmm. the seafood kind of buffet you laid out there. As long as he's not hitting me with everything healthy, then I'm good. What I picture for us is Entourage, the movie yacht trip. Yeah, that that's what I that's what right. I. That's what I'm looking at. It's been a couple scenes from Ballers on a yacht that I think we may enjoy, too. Those parties look kind of fun. I think my Vikings had a boat trip, too. (laughs) They had a love love boat, didn't they? Yeah. Exciting and new. Oh, my goodness. That story's wild. But, yeah, and then, hey, you know, OBJ. The Giants, they were getting dunked oh, on for that. Right. Yeah. That was crazy. And speaking of Rodgers, right? They went up to Glambo. I thought played in that game. That was absolutely nuts. They're out there on the boat in jeans and Timberlands out there with Trey Songs in Miami. Like, hey, sure, why not? Jeans and Timberlands yeah. in, in the heat. Go ahead. Yeah. They're, they're, if you ever want to dive into some things, if you got a t- got a little minute, hmm. just, just Google what happened on the Vikings love boat. Is that safe for work? Not really. I mean, there are no pictures that are going to pop up. I just think you're going to be, if you just want to go down that road, there there are a lot of claims and things going on with, you know, McKinney and Smoot and Mm. Dante Culpepper. And Mm. yeah, that's a salacious story. Dante yeah. Culpepper. He can sling Whatever happens on the water did not stay on the water. That's the <laughs> made problem. Made it back to land. A little surf and Yes. A little it surf made it turf. back to land. <laughs> Imagine being Vikings owner Ziggy Wilf and getting that call. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, your your team, they're, they're, they're off the rails, man. Imagine uh, imagine being John Mara, the owner of the Giants, seeing his team inside of a week of a playoff game and his superstar players on a boat. I didn't care, but that was a huge deal. I can't imagine. He's probably like, are you guys kidding me? We're about to go up the Lambo to take on Aaron Rodgers, and you guys are down in the 305 with jeans and Timberlands on on a yacht. What yeah, are you doing? I don't know if it's legendary or really embarrassing. I, I don't know, but... I will say this, when the Vikings came back from their love boat tour, because they went on it when they were one and three, like that's even the worst part is like, I love that. Like they just jumped yeah. on there and then hey, to get away. But when they, away. when they came back, they won eight of 11. There you go. They didn't make the playoffs. They were a winning football team, but <laughs> uh, whatever happened on that boat turned them into a, a oh, over 500 team. Yeah. There's a comment I can yeah. make about an NBA team right now that I just cannot, it's not safe, you know, yeah. but it's not safe, but there's a team that was wrapped up in a similar situation, AR, that got some support and helped turn them into what they are right now in the NBA. I'll leave it at that mm-hmm. because that is definitely not safe for work. Uh, McShay came out with a mock draft. Did he actually put teams with these guys, or just okay. did he just mock the players in order? We're fully, we're fully loaded, AR. So I he actually f- predicted who would be picking first? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> that, that happened. All right. And that is. Seymour. You know I like that, so you know I can't ignore that little shop of words. It's the Houston Texans. It's the Houston <laughs> Texans, and look, there's so much uh, uncertainty around Houston right now. Quarterback, right? Well, or no? It's not. I mean, with the pick, it's not a quarterback. Okay. I'm going to give this a go. CB, I'm sure you know this guy, but his name, I'm sure we're going to hear a ton, so we should probably get to know it the way we're going to have to know DJ Uyunglele. I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau, mm-hmm. defensive end from Oregon, and that's supposed to be the next big pass rusher off the edge, and we know how valuable those guys are, but once we get past that AR, give you the top You're going to see him, by the way, no when doubt, the Buckeyes right. play him. No doubt. We'll yeah. definitely see what he's all about. And then he's got Detroit and Jayville as your top three selections. Selections followed up by the Jets, and ironically enough, the Cincinnati Bengals picking again at number five. So the first quarterback he's got coming off the board is USC's quarterback, Keaton Slovis. Then he's got Herbs and Company taking Derek Stingley Jr., a cornerback mm-hmm. from LSU. He's got the Jets taking Charles Cross off his attack from Mississippi State, and he's got our beloved Bengals taking Zion Nelson, offensive tackle for Miami. Going back now, so they'll go to the offensive line next year. Right. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe uh, too late. Hopefully it's not too late by then. No, but yeah. That, that, all right, so that's good stuff. Um, yeah, no, I think everyone's really, really kind of concerned about about the situation, certainly with the offensive line. I told you I was going to give you a little quiz. Um, oh, I thought I escaped it. So most pass attempts in under two and a half seconds – by a quarterback weeks 1 through 11 last year. It's got to be Mo- up with Joey B. Most right? pass attempts under two and a half seconds. Quick passing game. Slant, hitch, quick out, three-step drops. Yeah. Or the fact that you had people in your face that soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the top three. I think I may be able to guess two of the three. Maybe you can and, go three for three. And I feel pretty good about two of those being Joe Burrow and Big Ben. Would you like to rank them? I'll go Joey B1. I think I want to throw in Russell Wilson. Okay. You got two of the three. Okay. Uh, The order, you were a little off. Ben is number one. Okay. 259 pass attempts in under two and a half seconds. That's wild. Joe Burrow, you got it. 219. And the and the I don't third want you one. Tell me yet. Can okay, I get a, yeah. Can I get a bit of a hint? You're good. You're pretty good at giving hints without um, giving it all away. A guy that you wouldn't necessarily look at him as a guy who can buy time, but he's pretty decent at it when he has to. Is it Thomas Brady? It is. Okay. The only reason why I guess that is because that's been his career. Death by a thousand cuts in New England. Get it to Edelman. Get it to tight ends quick. Like, that's who he's been. 199. Okay. Yeah. Crazy, man. But you know what? Like, a lot of times they are. Like, the first two guys there, when we talk about Burrow and Big Ben, I think that's obviously because of their bad offensive line play. 
But sometimes that could be like a game plan for a quarterback, right? Like when you go up against elite pass rushers and things like that, you don't want them to be able to get home. So you want to get the ball out as quick as possible. And I think that's kind of always been Tommy's game, man, is you're not going to get to me. I'm not going to allow that that much time. So I'm going to hit you with our little slot receivers and the Gronks of the world. And now Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller and all that. And we'll get we'll hit you up, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, every once in a while. We'll get up top to Randy Moss when we do that and things like that. But for me, I think the majority of Mike or Tom's career, it's never really been chunk play after chunk play. He's just inching his way down the field. It's been highly effective. So I think that Jamar Chase, the pick, while he's great, people are saying will help Burrow in that quick passing game. It actually will. That it's that it it's not that he yes they need to protect him, make sure what happens or what happened to him doesn't happen again, but. I think that that could be a big thing for him in the it's quick huge, passing yeah. game with Jamar it's, Chase. It's going to be huge. I mean, you don't hear anybody say anything bad about Jamar Chase and what he's able to do. He seems to be able to do it all. And, you know, that chemistry there between the two has to be a factor as well, right? Where you talk about, you know, ball placement on the mm-hmm. back shoulder and just all those little details that go into the wide receiver and, and quarterback combination. Those guys are going to be able to pick that up from day one once they get rolling uh, throughout the summer and all of that. So that's there. And I think everybody can get on board with the potential of this offense it's just going to be can we get away from the stat that you just shared with us right like we don't want him in that unless it's on purpose the way a Tom Brady or maybe a veteran quarterback has learned to do it so yeah it's just wait and see mode man like I'm sure there's going to be games where the offense is going to look clean and I'm sure there's going to be games where it may look a little bit like you know Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. where Joey B's got to be able to move and shake around and and buy himself some time so I love that you threw that out there that's really fascinating I'll hit you with this real Mm -hmm. quick AR rest of the mock draft couple Buckeyes Mm -hmm. popping up Chris Olave at 12 going to the the Falcons which I love especially if Julio's not there you want to talk about a core Mm -hmm. to build around Ridley Pitts and, and Chris Olave I'm in Seven banks, 14 to the Arizona Cardinals. And as I scroll along here, Garrett Wilson to the New England Patriots. And then how about mm. this? He's got Zach Harrison coming in at 25 to the New York Jet. So he's high on some of these Buckeyes, man. I don't think that'll be a surprise if we see some of those guys ball out. But, man, you, you talk about, to me, one of the better fits. You get Chris Olave in Hotlanta, whew, cooking, cooking. Nice. All right. Good info there. We'll come back, play some truth. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Love crew soccer? Us too. Let's get married and catch every game together. Proud to be your local home for the black and gold. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. CB, your dime, your dance floor. All right, so this has been kind of quiet today, but it looks like Arlington Heights Mayor Tom Hayes, which is about 30 minutes outside of Chicago, (laughs) says that the team, the Bears, are currently thinking about moving out of Soldier Field and moving towards their uh, little suburb. Would this be a bad decision from the Bears to leave Soldier Field? Yeah, it's bad. It, it, of course it's bad. You want to be on the lake. You want to be with the wind whipping in off the lake. Mm. Soldier Field is legend. It's a legendary dump. You've got to stay there. You don't go out to Candy Assville where <laughs> I grew up. you got to stay down there in the city of broad shoulders. Now, I know the reno is not the greatest down there. And there aren't too many. I'm not even that interested in going to NFL games for a lot of reasons. But... Uh, Arlington Heights is 
a nice little suburb, and they probably got a nice big plot of land. And I'm sure the dudes, the older guys, their family guys, they could live in the suburbs and go to their games there instead of going all the way downtown. That might be good for them. But, no, I mean, I think they have a Walker Brothers Pancake House in Arlington Heights. Mm. Uh, I think there's a Lou Malnati's. Mm. I think Pequod's. I think Morton Grove's not that far away. But I think you'd lose your identity as this rough Midwest monsters of the midway in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound right. The Chi-Town kid has spoken. I'd be foolish to try to add anything else to that. You can't handle the truth. All right, so the Bengals released a list of 17 nominees for their inaugural uh, Ring of Honor class. Who on that list most deserves the nomination? Well, I think Ken Anderson's a lock, right? Like we're, That guy's getting in. Four-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, you know, most valuable player in 81. Like, that guy's getting in. But I'm banging the table for our guy Lap. I, we need we need to get Dave Lapham in there. I, I hope this happens for him. I hope he gets the recognition that he deserves. I love Lap. He always gives us his time. But there's some strong names on this list, but for sure. I mean, Ken Anders is probably the head on show right now. Is Ken Riley on that list? I haven't seen. Can you pull up the list? Ken Riley is Riley on that list? Ken because Riley. if he, yes, he is sir. okay, he's the he's the man. He's the guy. It, this is this is sad that he died without getting into the Hall of Fame, let alone his own Ring of Honor. Ken Riley may have been the most underrated defensive player they've ever had. Uh, he led the league in picks a lot of years. Love it. He, I think he's top five in picks all time. Okay. He's got more than Dion. Mm, prime time. He, yeah, he I mean he played in a played in a small medium market. We get it. He was never even voted to a Pro Bowl. That's crazy. What an absolute crime. Yeah. Now he played in a division that had Mel Blunt and the Steelers, and I get it. But let me tell you, if there's one dude that deserves this honor, it's Ken Riley. And I'm sad that he's gone last year, but that guy has to get in. He should be in the Hall of Fame. That means he should be the first into the Ring of Honor. Did you say, I know my truth? I know my truth. So it's happy National Space Day. If you're given an opportunity to join a mission to the moon, would you take that chance? No. Absolutely not. (laughs) Like, look... Mm-hmm. I appreciate everyone that's all in on this. This does not interest me at all. The only thing that I'd be thinking about is the fear of me flying out into so- through some window and out there in <laughs> outer space hanging out with the people from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, no, I- I'd be terrified to do that. This does not interest me at all. We're together on this one, brother. Uh, I don't think people should be paying paying to go to the moon. They yeah. should have to pay me to go. Exactly. Like I don't understand that. If if I want to experience an endless, changeless void, I'll get married. If <laughs> kidding, um, I do not want to go up there and have every space movie ends badly. George Clooney detached from the tether and gravity. See ya. Apollo thirteen. Now, they got him back home, but that didn't sound too good. And you got limited stuff up there, man. I, I don't... Yeah, the food You got a recycled sweat and urine. Mm. I, come on. Recycled sweat and urine. That's... And not- I don't think they can hear you scream up there, Maddie. I think there's something... 
up with that that scientists should tell us, but things go bad. No one, no one's going to hear us. The truth. It's overrated. All right, one more quick one. So you got, you're you're a mid-major yeah. basketball player, and you can take advantage of this free transfer rule. Which team would you transfer to? Ooh, you mean like now, like a current program now? Yeah, let's go with that. Well, that changes it a little bit for me because this was an, an easy, easy landslide. Is it? Like, oh, yeah, I'm taking my talents to Chapel Hill. I need all oh, the Jays okay. I can get. We got <laughs> MJ true. hooking us up. Like, did you see the pair that he just cooked up for Roy Williams, the Air Air Jordan one that he just dropped? The Air Roy's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I need to go to Chapel Hill. Rich history at that basketball program, mm-hmm. but the gear, my drip would just be out yeah, of control good, there. Decent colors, yeah. The baby blue, the sky blue. Can't lose. Hubert Can't Davis. Lose. <sighs> Can't, cool. I've never been there. I mean, I'd like to go there. Listen, if I want to hop on a moving train, I'm going to Gonzaga, but it just doesn't excite me that much. I know it's a beautiful part of the country, and it rains a lot less on that side of the state. They're like on the sunny side of the state. But what do they have, about 6,000 in yeah, their arena? Out. Like, I'm that out. doesn't, I mean, now, the key would be I know I'm going to win 30 and be at a top two seed every year. Now, that would excite me. Um, if I want to check boxes currently of brand, location, Ooh, and chance to win. I think I know where you're going. I'm probably going to UCLA. Yep, I knew it because you were Mr. Ju yeah. Zhang. I knew that was where you were going, <laughs> and it's a great pick because they're cooking. Yeah. It's L.A., and their colors, everything works. I love that The problem is, are they more like the team that won Five games in twelve days, or are they more like the team you know that started the way they did? Like, but he said, you know, I got one shot at this thing, one shining moment. I'd like to go out there. It's a nice campus, yeah. Uh, the great tradition, solid uni, and you got everything else that that Cali can offer. Yeah, man, that's a uh, win. That's a win for yeah. you. I like that. Yeah, and they were a forty footer shy of playing for it all. Tell you what, man. I'll yeah. give you one, too. I'm a big right. Leonard Hamilton guy. I'd go down to Florida State right now. He's got a nice little solid program. Nice co-eds, I get a- too. Oh, well, yeah. It's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, if he didn't make the all-co-ed list, that would change everything. Well, yeah. Because that means yeah. we're probably going south. Or I Arizona. Mean, you know. Yeah. Arizona State. ASU, for sure. Arizona State. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, you can turn me to Wildcat, too, and I think I have a good time there. The guy that we're having on next would say Vandy. <laughs> chin, chin music with J. Lou. <laughs> Rothman and Ice on the fan. Your home of the Buckeyes, Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The fan. Proud the plate at your own risk. It's time for some chin music with former big leaguer and president of the Baldy's Beautiful Fan Club, Jensen Lewis. Yeah, they're cooking, man. I don't let this breathe for a second because the Indians just hammered the Royals' bullpen into oblivion. Bring out the brooms on them. They brought out the brooms on them. First time ever at the cough. At the turn your head and cough. It's the first sweep ever. And J. Lou comes in for his physical now as we do chin music. Jensen Lewis with us. Good to have you, pal. What's up, boys? It is a good time to be in Seatown. I'll tell you that. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna I'm 
I guess I'm going to circumvent the lead, which is the sweep. Do you feel like a 198 hitting Albert Pujols is someone the Indians should consider adding? I'm going to say uh, what I told CB, where there is smoke, there is fire. And uh, I would say that the chances of Albert Pujols donning a Cleveland Indians jersey are uh, right at 50-50 right now. Do you think they uh, I, should? I think they should. Uh, and, and here's why. Uh, obviously, with, with Yu Chang and, and Jake Bowers, there has been uh, as much of an inconsistency offensively as they've had in the last couple of seasons. And again, all due respect to Carlos Santana, you know, I mean, I think Pujols is batting a similar batting average of what we've seen Santana at, at the last couple of years. However, you know, Santana gets on base. Uh, Chang and Bowers have really struggled to do that. Um, where you see that that Pujols is a, a veteran hitter, uh, a guy that, again, there's been no offense for the first base core for the Indians, so you can't really lose here. You know what I mean? If it doesn't work out, all right, you DFA him, and then then you try something else. But I, I would say that there is there's probably serious interest here, uh, and, and I think that'll be interesting to see what the uh, competing teams uh, will try and do to uh, up the ante to get Mr. Pujols. I like it, man. I really do. I was, you know, big on them trying to thicken up that lineup however they can. So I definitely love the idea of throwing that noodle at the wall and seeing if it sticks. J. Lou, like, I'm a big Fran Mill Reyes guy. Like, I think what he can bring to that lineup night in and night out could be huge if we get him, you know, to be a consistent guy. Eight dingers right now, 22 RBIs. But I tell you, the thing that I love, J. Lou, is 283. Like, are you seeing anything different when it comes to, by 283, I mean his batting average. Like, are you seeing anything different when, when it comes to the approach of Framil Race this year? For sure, Matty. Uh, he is using the entirety of the field and, uh, he has been an absolute juggernaut at progressive field. Uh, his home average, uh, believe he's, he's at 380 or 400. I mean, he's, he has absolutely dominated at progressive field, but a lot of the success and, and you kind of alluded to it, you know, seeing a difference. He he had been pull happy in the past or, or pulling off of balls. He's not doing that anymore. He's going the opposite way with authority. He's driving the gaps. I mean, he had a crucial two RBI double into the right center gap uh, a night or two ago. And a guy that now, if if he ends up going again, he he has owned Kansas City. I want to say his average is around seven hundred or something. I mean, it's 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 absurd uh, what he's done at Kauffman Stadium. Uh, I think there is. There is just another piece for him to add on here. If he can start to do this consistently outside of playing in Kansas City, they've got a real force in the middle of the lineup. Because remember, Eddie Rosario has really hit well on the road. He said over 300 on the road and has really yet to get going at Progressive Field where he is he basically made a second home from his time with the Twins. So the 3-4-5 right now, we know what Jay Ram's been doing. You get that 3-4-5 going in unison – and look out. I mean, this offense could really take off. Uh, you ask, and I have that information for you. Reyes, uh, career games at the cough, 538. 530, okay. Yeah. Eight, eight extra base hits <laughs> in seven career games. There you go. Uh, first ever four game sweep of the Royals there. Um, the Royals had spent 23 straight days in first, and now thanks to Cleveland, they're in third. Uh, let's talk about Tristan McKenzie and what you think he can do for this rotation. I think it was a vast improvement mm-hmm. yesterday, AR, and, and certainly the walks are, are obviously a concern still, but you don't give up any runs. That's that's all you're asked to do. That's what your task is mm-hmm. as a starting pitcher. So he he made a little bit of a tweak mechanically 
And I think that helped his fastball command uh, because he, you know we saw it in Chicago. It was just all over the place. But he still had the strikeouts. The swing and miss mm-hmm. is still there. He only gave up two hits yesterday, uh, four walks and five punches. So the, the talent is there. And, and I think this will be one of Ruben Niebla and Carl Willis's best coaching jobs if you get him through sort of this adversity period and he takes off because he's a first-round pick for a reason. He hasn't been healthy for a full season or two back-to-back. And the other part of this, guys, and I know we're talking about mm-hmm. some, some diminished velocity. Remember, he had pitched 30 innings in the last two years coming into this season. So I fully expected there to be a little bit of a uh, you know progression for him to get that velocity, that stuff back. But the fact that he's already got swing and miss and he's at 90-92, mm-hmm. we're going to be used to seeing him at 95-96 is what to, what he had last year, you know, against Detroit and the 10 punches right out of the gate. So I think it's there. Now it's all about putting those mechanics together consistently, having that release point where he wants it, and I think this outing yesterday will go miles in the positive direction for his mental um uh, mental acuity as well. Red Legs coming up to pay you guys a visit this weekend. Wanted to ask you specifically, though, about your thoughts on Jesse Winker. Because I think maybe outside of the state of Ohio, if you're not a diehard baseball fan, you're not guessing that Jesse Winker has the fourth best batting average in all of Major League Baseball. Your just thoughts on Wink. I love Wink. I thought he is uh, just kind of a guy waiting to bust out last year, and he certainly did. You know, the last portion of the season, those last three weeks, he was unstoppable. He is such a dynamic leadoff hitter too, because you guys know down at the Great American Launching Pad, one swing and you're up one nothing. And and we've kind of seen lineups go in that direction. Have a guy at the top that can you know, have that blast ability. But he did, Maddie. He's got a little swag to him, man. He's yeah. got a little edge, and I, and yeah. I like I like his demeanor in the box. It's an uncomfortable at bat because he can foul some good pitches off, and then he's got that AR three wood in his bag where he can just go down and in and, and just absolutely stripe it. Uh, he his game is really good and it's really tailored for that ballpark. So he's a handful for everybody. And you're right. I, I think it's just a matter of time before people outside of the state of Ohio really come to appreciate what he's doing. Uh, let's talk about your flamethrower here on the back end. He and he and Karinchek obviously both had cases for AL April reliever of the month. Uh, 101 cutter, 101 fastball, 91 slider. Uh, I think the final strike last night he hit 101. Uh, what do you think about E Class A and his his ability right now in the back of that pen? Uh, I am loving the Corey Kluber trade. Mm-hmm. I think everyone else is too. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I had a chance to talk with CJ Nikowski, who does uh, the color uh, for for the Rangers TV side, and and when the trade happened, I remember us uh, texting a little bit, and he was like, "Oh my God, that's the one guy. That's the one guy we didn't want to give up." And you guys got an absolute gem, and we're we're now seeing the fruits uh, of that trade come to bear. What what he's done, fellas, is you have a progression in the Indians bullpen, and we were sort of relating it to the mid '90s when you had Ossenmacher and Plunk setting up for Jose Mesa, and that back end was one of the best in the '90s. You're you're sort of getting that that similar dominance, better stuff, I think now, and and you can even throw Shaw, Andrew Miller, Cody Allen in. 
you know, for one of the best big three that we've had here in Cleveland the last 25 years. Uh, I'll throw our hat in the ring. You know, myself, uh, Rafi Perez, Rafi Betancourt setting up uh, for Joe Borowski in 07. It, it really has made it a six-inning game. And, and the other analogy I made, ironically, we're playing Kansas City. You guys remember in 14 and 15 when it was Greg Holland in the back end with Wade Davis and Calvin Herrera. If you didn't have the lead after six, you were done. I mean, they had some absurd number of like 72-0 and 0 with a lead after six. It, it, was, it was remarkable. I think you're starting to see that develop here. And then also this young kid in Nick Sandlin, who you saw yesterday, have two really, really outstanding innings. He shot through the minor league system. It's an uncomfortable bat from the pitching side because he's sort of sub little, you know, sidearm, 93-94, a lot of run late in his fastball. This is turning into a dominant bullpen from not only the back end, but also in the middle innings as well. You get that, you take a ton of pressure off this rotation who has really shouldered the load the last couple of years. All right, Jay Lou, I want to head out to the left coast really quickly with you because Shohei Otani is doing the darn thing. Tied for first in the Major League Baseball with 10 home runs. I mean, it's unbelievable what we're seeing from this guy and what he's able to do out there on the bump and also in the box. He's remarkable. Um, I think maybe we had talked about this uh, a week or two ago that, you know, how do you, uh, with all due respect to what Trout's doing right now, it's going to be really difficult to, you know, find um, another MVP candidate that, that can put a resume up to this, right? You know, I think we assume that if he gets 20 starts and he's got a 3 5 year A or less and he's got 30 bombs, it's over. I, there, there's no other person that can come in here. I mean, you got to hit 50 bombs, hit 50. You have an Albert Bell season, 50 homers, 50 doubles, driving 120 to, to even be in the conversation. In, in my opinion, uh, it is it is some absurd stuff. 99 on the heater, uh, just just dotting it up on the corners, and then just the tanks that he's hitting in the mountains there. Uh, in Anaheim. Uh, what a remarkable player. This is who we thought we were getting when he came over, and and it's just awesome to watch night in and night out. What would you have said to Mr. Hernandez if he said that you hit a dude coming inside and then you saw the replay and saw that you didn't even come near it? What what would a J. Lou have done or said? Uh, I I think I would have known going in that uh, you know I, I basically am not going to get the benefit of the doubt and <laughs> and, and if I'm going to go in I'm either it's a flip of a coin you know and we're at the roulette table okay uh, my numbers got a one in thirty six chance of coming up so I don't feel really good uh, about you know my odds and, and hitting yeah. it but I, that that was a meltdown that was a meltdown from Brady Singer and the Royals and and everything unraveled after that guys they haven't scored they haven't scored yeah. a run since since that all happened so uh, yeah it's <laughs> Hey, there's C.B. Buckner, yes. Angel Hernandez. They're on borrowed time, boys. How much longer we got to go? Joe West, I mean, let's go. He's immune to irrefutable evidence. It's, a, it's hey. amazing, really. It's yes. a, he's a miracle, really. Yes. All right, he's Jensen Lewis. He went to Vandy, which means he's smart, but he still wanted to party. Hmm. Uh, have a good weekend, my friend. Likewise, boys. You have a good one. J. Lou on the, on the bat phone, bullpen phone. That's chin music for today. We'll come back with an NFL two-minute drill. Maybe a little rice roni treat in San Francisco. Tell you what I mean by that. Rothman and Ice on the fan. One guy is fat. The other is fatter. And both are kind of stupid. Pretty much sums up the whole show. Uh-huh. Common Man and Tebow. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The fan. Time for the NFL two-minute drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today. All right, NFL two-minute drill. 
The Athletic out in San Fran believes the 49ers could, quote, sprinkle in Trey Lance the way the Saints have used Taysom Hill. Uh, It's a possibility. I mean, you got to feel like Jimmy G is going to be there. And I would... The sprinkle problem, that that's a little bit odd, though. You're not running him the way you're running Taysom. Like, I'd be very careful about that. If they, they drafted Trey Lance to be their future, you're really going to tell him to go in there and stick your head in there and get those extra yards? Like, he's not that guy. So I, 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 I'm not buying this right now, the sprinkle effect. Are you? I'm not a fan of no. it. Like, I'm not a fan of it either. And look, first-hand experience. I, I just went through this with my team where Flacco was still the guy and they were trying to work in Lamar, and it was just such an odd dynamic within the offense. And to me, like, that's kind of an easy tip to the defense. You know something different is coming, and more times than not, when you bring in a guy like Trey Lance, he's probably coming in to do some RPO stuff and run the rock at you. So, no, I, I don't love this. I don't like this at all, actually. I don't like this for Trey Lance. I think... If he ends up winning the job throughout camp or throughout the summer and all that stuff, let him be the guy. I don't really understand the two-quarterback system. I'm not really a fan of it. No, this that doesn't sound right to me. I, I If you're betting on the sprinkle or whether Trey Lance was going to steal the job, I'm taking he'll steal the job early. Yeah, me too. And uh-huh. I don't even know if Jimmy G is going to be on the roster. You know, We don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I just feel like when they drafted Lance they now need Jimmy G. Like, I don't think they want to force-feed Lance in there. He hasn't played enough games. I mean, he's he's really talented. But I think they'd rather be careful. You went all the way up to three, presumably to get the next great quarterback, and you had a choice between he and Justin Fields, and I just I feel like there's a, maybe not a complete redshirt year for him, Matty, but there to me it seems like you'll now need Jimmy G as a placeholder. I feel you, but if you see it in practice, mm-hmm. you got to roll with it. And I think he gives them much more on offense than what Jimmy G can. So I think it's always ideal to do the Brett Favre Rodgers, to do the Alex Smith Mahomes. But if these dudes are talented enough and good enough, uh, I don't see the issue in playing them right away and let them learn. Uh, Jets have cut Josh Doxson. Uh, he was he's out. I remember when I liked him a lot coming out, man. I really GCU, did, right? Yeah, I liked him a lot, and I thought he would be a. Uh, now he he opted out of 2020, and he was among six they cut today. So he gone. Okay, all right. He I was see. the I 22 the... overall pick in 2016. Okay. I saw this from uh, Bengals OC Brian Callahan. But what he wants for, from Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. saying, quote, I don't want Joe to leave the field personally, and I think he's up to the ta- to the challenge. He has some things he has to improve uh, pass protection-wise. Joe shouldn't come off the field. He should be on the field every down. He's aware of that. So that's what's next. That's what they think uh, Joe Mixon can get better at, and that's interesting that he throws that out there because – that's what we heard about Gio Bernard on his way to Tampa. That's something he did really well. Like, even not the biggest guy. We know Gio wasn't the biggest dude out there. 
But he would hang in there and hold it down for the quarterback. So that's going to be huge. They're paying Joe Mixon a really good money at the running back position. Can't just be first and second type of guy, down guy. You got to stick it in there sometimes on third down and deal with that linebacker coming to rip your face off. So, yeah, that's big. We got to keep our eye on that. And I agree. Like, he's too talented to not be on the field for every down outside of fourth down. Is he available at 14 again this year? Yeah, I think with the injury stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The injury stuff last year, but man, he he did some pretty good things behind a very shaky offensive line before he went down. Dude's a beast, man. The talent's there for sure. All right, boys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. Maddie, hunker down. The weather will fit you nicely. Yes, sir. I'm going to hit the rink for a couple of games this weekend and finish it out strong. Hey, tell Torch I said what's up, man. We will. All right, right, boys. Enjoy. Count Man and T-Bone up next. Rothman and Ice on the fan.